it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. In the most recent edition of Blind Citizens News, which is edited by Jonathan Craig, Fiona Woods published an article about ableism. What is it and how does it impact on people who are blind or vision impaired? That started a really interesting conversation and Jonathan himself hosted a happy hour in December on this very topic. His co-hosts were Fiona Woods and Julianne Bell. And we pick it up with uh, Jonathan having just introduced Fiona. I'm a director of BCA currently. I went to school in Melbourne. I went to a blind school for a few years, the LVRD school, and then I went to an integrated girls' school. And I've done a law degree at uni and uh, worked for a while, and then I've been at home with my six children. So I feel that I've had a lot of experiences in lots of different societies, and I guess that's why the concept of ableism is something that I feel qualified but also... um, determined to talk about (laughs) qualified and determined i really like that combination of words julianne uh where are you coming at this issue from what kind of experiences have you had that have led you to this moment where you're keen to talk about this well i'm the managing director of world access for the blind australia and i like fiona i started off at a school for for blind children and then i moved into a regular school fairly quickly gone to university I've got a a music degree and a master's in music and I dabbled in doing a PhD for a little while and then decided that having babies would be easier I'm a vocal teacher so I I, a bit like Fiona I feel as though I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different spheres of society I spend most of my time to be honest with with sighted people rather than with blind people and I think that that's probably why I come up against ableism on a fairly regular basis When Fiona wrote the article, it resonated with me and I was really thrilled to be reading something that was so articulate and expressed the thoughts that were in my own mind. So I was thrilled when this opportunity came up. Really the central question, I think, at the heart of, you know, whether ableism is something that we should be worrying about is whether language matters because the concept of ableism like other isms you know all of these isms are to some degree concerned with whether and if so how language affects the way that people act and people behave and that's why i think that it was so interesting fiona that you uh included uh, so many different uh, kind of examples of this and and uh, I thought it was really remarkable how many there actually are that refer to blindness in particular. Uh, I was particularly struck by uh, one of the anecdotes in your article where you were talking about uh, an ophthalmologist who recommended that your children uh, should... Uh, investigate the genetics of their potential children. I, I just wanted you to comment on how you felt and how your children felt when in in and after that conversation. 
I mean, I, I guess dealing with ophthalmologists, I've known all along while my children have their eye condition mm. that um, I was the failure case for them, I guess. So for them, they would always talk to me about, you know, we could do this and we could do that and we could have this treatment and that treatment because to them, the ultimate failure was going to be if the children weren't blind, whereas I was actually much more concerned about which side effects I was adding up and, you know, what possible mm. consequences there were going to be. And I guess that was a real example of ableism because to me, it wasn't, the end case wasn't, the worst thing that could happen was that they were going blind. The worst thing was that their cancer wouldn't be treated successfully. So I yes. was always much more interested in, well, if they do all this, what vision are they going to have and what useful vision are they going to have? Um, but really, even though I was there as a functional parent with these children, none of these doctors could ever see that actually um, being blind wasn't going to be the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> that whole attitude of, well, if anyone had the choice, they wouldn't choose to live like this. If anyone had the choice, they wouldn't choose to live like this. It reminds me of uh, Naz Campanella's article where she talked about an encounter on a train. Uh, very much reminds me of the encounters Chrissy Brinkat described in her article earlier this year. In that article, she talked about a stranger saying to her, if, if I were you, I would kill myself. So that's, that's the extent to which people believe that blindness is the worst case scenario. And I'll pass this to you, Julianne. Do you think that um, blindness is kind of thought about a little bit differently, perhaps even to some other disabilities in terms of how people feel about blindness in particular? Well, we know that when people are surveyed, blindness is the disability that most people fear the most. It's the disability that's put at the top of the list. Um, people, if people are asked would they prefer to be blind or dead, the majority of people will answer dead. Um, it's concerning because I really don't want to be dead. So I'm pretty happy just being blind if that's okay with everybody, but it isn't okay. And I think it's because if you have, you know, good functional vision, it feels as though that is the absolute nirvana of existence. And it seems to be described as the thing that is the most crucial to life and quality of life. And so it seems that the notion of losing vision is unthinkable for those people for whom vision is the norm. We're not talking about political correctness for its own sake here. We are talking about assumptions that people make about what our lives are like because yes there are things that that are different for us but none of us you know are uniquely unhappy because of our blindness and it, it comes back to the the social model kind of idea of disability where the biggest problems are actually um, the attitudes toward disability rather than the problems related to the disability itself the reason that ableism is an important thing to talk about is because of the relationship between language and assumptions. Because we believe that when you constantly say things without thinking about them, they keep those assumptions going in the heads of of people who are cited and it's it's not the language for the language's sake it's you know and yes it's partly partly how we personally feel sure 
But I think that it's also the actual practical effects of those assumptions. And it's a hope on our part that using uh, different language or introducing uh, more thoughtful language might change the way that people see us. But, you know, some people would say, for example, that ableism is all about, you know, angry people... Uh, kind of shouting to you know stop uh, stop saying the wrong words. It's it's not you know. For example, at the beginning of your article, Fiona, there's an incredibly beautiful anecdote. You're talking about sitting in a cafe, listening to people talking about being blind drunk, and you describe how when you get up, you almost try to hide your your cane so as not to embarrass people. What do you think it is about that kind of politeness, that strange, what, you know, do you think that that uh, a lot of us actually try to, you know, try to help people to avoid embarrassment uh, without considering ourselves? Yeah, I think a lot of it spend a lot of time, you know, when someone says something, you think, oh, no, they're going to realise that they've said something about blind people and they're going to realise and you feel this awful shrinking away feeling. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person who thinks that. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's felt that way. Or as Naz Campanella says in her article, you know, you're walking down the street and you hear people suddenly stop talking or talking about you. And she says, well, actually, yes, I can hear you. But then you have to pretend that you can't, you didn't hear them. You don't want to react to what they're saying. So you actually pretend that you can't hear them, which just kind of reinforces this silly game of they think I can't hear them and I can hear them and I'm not going to let them know that I can hear them. It's, it's this, I don't know, it's not wanting to confront people or it's not wanting to draw attention to yourself because it, although attention's already been sort of drawn to you, you don't want it to be about you. You want it to be about blind people. And I, I, I think that's the thing that we deal, we deal with on a regular basis. It's like Chrissy's article on the bus. In the end, she doesn't really feel like answering the stranger, but in the end, the simplest thing is just to give a few answers. Julianne, what's your approach to this? Do you find yourself ever, you know, needing to uh, and finding yourself confronting people around examples of ableism? Yeah, I feel as though you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, So I was in a situation recently where I was involuntarily prayed for. It um, It was a little confronting to have someone jump out it felt like they had jumped out from, from a doorway. Um, I placed their hands on my head and started to pray for me, for my sight to be restored. And I um, pulled away from that person and said, look, actually, actually that's, that's not okay. Um, and I said, I don't need to be prayed for, thanks. I'm not sick. And I guess I'm sure my tone was quite abrupt because I had just had one heck of a fright um, having someone who I didn't know kind of touch me on my head, you know, quite, quite definitely placing their hands on my head in a way that felt quite restrictive. And um, this woman said to me, oh, well, then I guess if you're happy being the way that you are, that's okay then. And I just, in the end, I just, I just said, look, you need to walk away because I knew that whatever I would say next would make me appear as a really angry blind woman because at that moment I was a really angry blind woman. Um, 
and so yeah you if you if you complain and and if you draw attention to issues of language or issues of behavior you're seen as being angry and aggressive and too politically correct if you don't you feel as though you might have let your community down as naz was saying or you feel as though you've sold out because these are things that i hold dear to me and if i don't say something whenever some dear old lady calls me an inspiration i feel as though i've sold out so i never feel as though my response to this these issues is correct <laughs> yes and and it becomes a bit more complicated again when there are uh, sort of closer relationships that you have. For example, when they are people like your friends and family or people who are closer to you and you have to kind of confront uh, these, these pr- problems directly with people that you're going to have to talk to all the time, isn't it? Well, since I've written the article, I did put it on my own Facebook page, which actually was a big thing for me because usually I have been very much... Um, things that I do in my disability life I don't often put in my own friends or family connection and I guess that is part of my own um, ableism in a way internalized ableism that I haven't always valued those things as important in the general community anyway this time I took the big plunge and I put it on my own Facebook page <laughs> but then of course all my friends read it and if uh, several of them have said to me oh I'm so sorry was that me or was I the one who did this oh, I'm sorry if I've ever said things that are upset to you and they are my friends, so I don't want to upset them. But then I also don't want to have to listen to them say things that are upsetting. So I have it's actually been good because I've been actually able to say, well, if something upsets me, I, I will tell you or, you know, if, or you can ask me. So I think it's, in a way it's opened up a conversation that I've usually avoided and usually we don't talk about me being blind. And sometimes, like I say, there's the people who say, oh, but we forget, you know, we just forget you're blind. And so... It's a big aspect of my life that I haven't really discussed with a lot of my friends and I sort of in a way it's given me the opportunity to talk about it and how society treats me and some of the things they're not aware of, they've never thought about and they're really shocked. So in a way it's good. I mean we need allies, that's for sure. Fiona Woods there ending this first part of the December Happy Hour on ableism. If you'd like to know more, the article in Blind Citizens News can be found on the BCA website. Just look for the Blind Citizens News link. Or, of course, you can subscribe to the Blind Citizens News podcast. Just look for Blind Citizens News in your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, if you'd like to contact BCA, 1-800-033-660 is the number, 1-800-033-660, or the email address bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams, of our dreams.